connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2017 and beyond. I am Ryan. With me always is... James. And... Brad. And every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw the all-female Ghostbusters. How can females bust ghosts? Uh, I believe the exact quote is, ain't no bitch gonna hunt no ghost. Yeah. That's the exact quote. <laughs> That they probably filmed after the movie was done, I and they went so. back and filmed that from as soon a as that scene happened. I was like, "That's a real, that's a real YouTube clip, like comment." It, oh, I'm 100 percent guarantee it is. Oh yeah, oh that's yeah, great. Um, anyways, so we will review the movie and spoil it at the end of the film, uh, yeah. the podcast. So stay tuned for that. We also talk about what movies we've been seeing, movie news, movies that are coming out on Blu-ray. Brad takes us around town. What's happening around town? And we also see movies at the best movie theater in town. We do. That movie theater is the Alamo Draft House. This is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House next week. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Malton. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz-Bloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Ryan, you got to actually like return to seeing movies at the Alamo. I know, this week. two weeks in a row. Yeah. How has that been? Did anyone recognize you? Yeah. They're like, Did they're really? like no, I didn't see anybody. <laughs> oh, like, okay. I was like. Uh, it's basically like Sasquatch, you know, you, just, you think you see him and then <laughs> you're not sure if he's actually there. Yeah. And I walk fuzzly, fuzzy, <laughs> out of focus across the screen and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was really pissed because when, when Brad and I went and saw Swiss Army Man, he was, we, we had a waitress named Jenna who was really good. And uh, he commented that the last three times he'd been there, she had been his waitress. And I was like, what is this bullshit? Like, every time I go, I get a different waitress. And every time Brad goes, he actually gets the same people. Uh, so they're the they're, they're known as servers, James, not waitresses. Oh, Waiter oh, and waitress. So no, no. Dude. No, this I, is 2016, not 1966. They're not serving. The Ghostbusters they're, episode, they're, even. They're not serving me. They're waiting on me hand and foot. Thank you. Oh, okay. I got you now. <laughs> um, so Tuesday, the feast is casino. That's too bad. You don't like casino? No. I, when I first saw Casino, now, right, this is me, so if it's, if it's Scorsese, it's not for me. Uh, but I always felt Casino was like a, like a not quite as good Goodfellas, you know? It's like hitting a lot of the same beats. Uh, the Kids Camp this week, which happens, I think it's uh, for three days, is Horton Hears a Who. Oh, cool. Uh, the Science Friction is Moon. There is a victory screening of Star Trek Beyond, so if you haven't got a ticket, you're shit out of luck. I know. I'll be at that one. But you can still get glasses. You can still get glasses. Um... On Thursday, it's PBS Kids at the Alamo, The Odd Squad, the movie. I don't even know what The Odd Squad is. is I don't either. No, I've never heard of that. I'm not cool enough, you know? Yeah. On Saturday, it's Mile High Sci-Fi versus Critters. Cool. That should be fun. Yeah. And uh, Maximum Bondage closes out the week with Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> um, 
That's, and of uh, course, they have their normal ones. They have the Star Trek Beyond is going to be playing Secret Life of Pets, Swiss Army Man, and Ghostbusters. Tomorrow Never Dies is my my favorite Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. Is it really? Yeah, it's not Goldeneye. No, you're no, stupid. No. I really like the I like the villain in uh, in Tomorrow Never Dies because the villain in Tomorrow Never Dies is trying to take over the he, he's he's trying to create a world war so he can sell newspapers, and I think that's fantastic. <laughs> I think that is dumb. Uh, it's it's at least Brad. Different. Where does Tomorrow Never Dies fall fall on your Bond? I'd, get, I'd say it's the second best one of the four. Of the Bronze, Bronson? Bronson, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, I mean, because three and four are are awful. Yeah, I thought three was boring, but then I saw four, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe three's not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We what? love movies. And Brad's going to tell us... Why we should go around town watching movies at different places that maybe you didn't think about. And when we say around town, we mean the, mean the Denver metro area. All right. Playing in Backwoods, Iowa. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> what? You fucking asshole. Uh, Film on the Rocks is still going through August, so uh, as of this taping, July 25th is the next uh, Film on the Rocks, and they're showing Labyrinth. Cool. And then uh, if uh, if this doesn't come out in a timely uh, amount of time, August 23rd is Deadpool. So oh, okay. I'm sure that one's probably sold out. Yeah. yeah. Well, Man. I'll be there. I get that, uh, that's for sure an audience I don't want to be a part of. Brad <laughs> <laughs> uh, will let us know how the experience is. Yeah. yeah. And I guess uh, the, the one after that is Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, that might be the last one. So that would that be week. really cool. Yeah. yeah Got to take us that one, too. I'll talk about it. Yeah. And why I cried. <laughs> Twice. Again. Twitter followers will already know. <laughs> Midnight's at the Esquire this uh, weekend of July 22nd is Green Room. Cool. Friday and Saturday at midnight. They're that's playing a- Green Room. And then the weekend after that is The Room. That, yeah. That's <laughs> interesting that like a movie that just recently came out is already on, on their midnight. Yeah. Um, I think that I mean I, I haven't it? watched I got it, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But it seems like it is kind of a midnight movie kind of they might yeah, have chosen yeah. it as like a because Star Trek Beyond is this weekend, so yeah. maybe it's like an Anton Yelchin yeah. thing. Oh, that. Although yeah. they could have done Fright Night or something, you know. Yeah. Oh, that'd be sweet. I'd Dude, go see Fright Night. Yeah, in hell yeah, again. Fright Night. Man, yeah. I love that movie. But I'm guessing that they probably were able yeah. to get the rights You're, quicker. Yeah. yeah. It's it's probably just that it's still a movie that you can just yeah, distribute, right? Sense, like it, yeah. it's probably really simple. Yeah. Um. Cool. And then after the room is uh, the 1989 Batman. So look for that in August. And then the last thing is. Um, at the Bug Theater, the Cat Circus has started. So go to bugtheater.org. That's theater with an R-E at the end. What, what is a cat circus? Is it literally a cat circus? The Amazing Aqua Cats. I talked about this like last year. Yeah, that was a year ago. <laughs> you <laughs> understand how much stuff I do in a year? And you forgot also, about like what a cat circus also, is? Also, Brad, how many new listeners do we have in the last year? I mean like two, right? Every new podcast is someone's first podcast. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you just <laughs> somebody, back in your face. Somebody explain to, to explain to the people why they should go to the cat circus. The amazing Acrocats is a, a circus where these cats walk across like a like a rope. Like a rope, and then people just pick them off in the audience. Oh, I want to go. Was I not explaining it fine? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about shooting. Them. He had a funny. Oh. He had a funny joke. Yeah, like All right. the shooting gallery. Uh, well, they... you almost had it right because there was like a point. Where oh, they really? Put, like, they a do bar. That? They, well, they have oh. a bar across the stage, and like they lead the cat across. Oh, well, uh, I was just being funny. The cats play instruments. These are uh, real cats. These are real domesticated cats, and when they're not performing, they're just running around the, the theater of their own free will. Interesting. Yeah. Weird. So. And then the, the the trainer calls them. They come up. They do their little trick. You never know who wants to go see that. 
Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> My wife. Don't let your wife know it's happening. Sold she the ticket. She already knows because Brad told her last week. Oh no! <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Like there's like one of those beach balls. The cat like walks on the beach ball across the stage. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the amazing Acrocats. They were featured on Stephen Colbert. Oh, cool. Uh, one night, and yeah. Are they from te- from Denver? Uh, no, they I, just they just circle around. They circle around the nation yeah. doing shows. Yeah, and they've got like uh, two weeks of the bug booked or something. So. Neat. Get your tickets at bugtheater.org. Theater with an R-E. Theater with an R-E. Cool. Classy. What's next? We watch movies. Yes, we do. Our favorite movie of the week. Featured movie of the week. This is movies we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. James, what'd you watch this week? Okay, so I got some beef. Um, But to prepare for that beef... I'm going to tell you a, a very quick story. I'll abbreviate it. But uh, many, many years ago, there was this woman who wrote for the, for the Denver Post named Diane Carmen, uh, and she was not a film reviewer, but one day she took it upon herself to review The Two Towers, um, and I clipped it out and kept it for years. I probably still have it floating around my apartment somewhere, because every time I read it, it's the most infuriating review I've ever seen, um, because it's clear she wasn't watching the movie. Uh, she says a bunch of things that aren't actually correct in the film, um, which is just, it's incredibly frustrating to have somebody like publicly talk about their opinion of a movie, uh, when they clearly weren't paying attention. Um, so I wasn't here last week, uh, to clearly defend or clear up all of the confusion about what happened in Tarzan. Um, because that review is the most frustrating piece of shit I've ever heard on this Ooh, show. Ooh, he's uh, calling you out, Brad. Ooh. Uh, I was one of three people who saw it last week. I know, and clearly none of you know the difference between Belgium and Britain, for one thing. Uh, but if you were on your phone fight. enough that you weren't paying attention to the film, I have a hard time with you actually reviewing the thing. Because the, the, plot, the plot is actually pretty straightforward, and it's a, it's a movie about colonialism. Um, and while I would ag- there are a number of criticisms I would agree on on this movie. Um, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's dialogue is completely out of time. Um, though he has a couple of really good scenes. I mean, he, he sort of grounds one section of the plot because it's this... What's really going on is it's about the fact that the, the Belgian army, because the Belgians are out of money, um, are coming in to, to basically enact martial law in the Congo. Um, and Tarzan and Samuel L. Jackson are... They, they're, they're there for two different reasons. Tarzan is, A, trying to get Jane back... Um, but the whole time he is Samuel Jackson's there because he has heard that slavery is going on in the Congo. Uh, and they're, they're trying to warn the, the natives who are kind of apathetic to the fact that all of these, you know, um, Europeans are coming into their area and like trying to get these diamonds. They're trying to warn them that like colonialism is going to absolutely crush you. Um, the, the movie is actually for, for me, the most fun action-adventure movie since Civil War. Um, wow. Now, that bar is really low, because what we're talking about is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, what? 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 You guys, what? 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 <laughs> uh, I did really well in uh, Fantasy Movie League this week. Why aren't you I in did... our league? I know. Why are you in our league? Because it won't fucking let me sign up. I've already tried. What? what? That's some bullshit. Everyone else has easily done it. Um, you must... Yeah. I want to play with you, Ryan. Okay. Anyways. Uh, Continue so, with your Tarzan so she analogy. Says this asshole picked the perfect lineup. Did you really? I for, I, I, I missed the deadline this week, so it just repeated my last week. Um, 
So, so Tarzan. Yeah, which, Tarzan. If it wasn't so boring, I wouldn't have been on my phone. So okay? it, it's fucking not boring. <laughs> um, the scenes that you oh. missed, you, you, you so weren't paying attention to the movie oh. that you just said things that weren't accurate about what happened in the film. Oh, no, he didn't. Um, and some of them are only 10 minutes in, so clearly you were bored by, like, the opening credit sequence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, honestly, if that's how quickly you, you judge a movie, I feel sorry for you. Not normally, um, but this one. <laughs> anyway. I was also, like, I don't know, 300 feet away. Okay, fine, fine, fine. It's a little harder to uh, That's enjoy. fine. You, you, can, you can use the excuses you want to. I'm just saying it was a really frustrating review to listen to. Because um, it is. It's a, fun, it's a fun, decent movie. Uh, yes, um, the the villain is like a paper thin villain, but he's a he's a villain who is very simple because honestly, like they're they're trying to set up and focus on the characters more. Um, the flashbacks that you guys were I guess bored by aren't actually they're not about Tarzan. They're 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 there for two different reasons. Uh, one is they're setting up one of the villains. Um, actually, they're they're actually setting up kind of both of the the sort of villains. There's a there's a conflict with his like ape brother at one point because there's a whole subplot about the fact that like people sort of chastise him and, and, and he has to hide who he really is in, in America. Uh, because one of the kids at one point asks him like who his mother is and he's not able to actually tell them like, no, like the person I think of as my mother is actually a monkey. Like that's who I spent all of my time with. Um, in a kind of, you know, unfortunate scene at the beginning. Um, and then the other one is that Jane and Tarzan are separated the whole movie. And so they, they tell you this, the, just the scene of the first time that they meet because it, it allows us to have a little bit of romance time between them, um, other than the scenes at the beginning, which I actually think are really good. Um, Margot Robbie, there are a couple of scenes of hers that are like, eh, it, you know, she's not, ama- she's not knocking it out of the park, but she doesn't really have to. There's a scene at the beginning which I think is really good, um, where they're sort of subtly talking about the fact that, like, she might not be able to have kids, and the, the two of them are, are sort of struggling with that. Um, I think what's really refreshing about the movie for me is that going in, I I only went because my parents, you know, I I wrote off the movie just like everybody else did. My parents went and saw it because they were desperate to go see a movie because every other movie going out, coming out lately that's like a fun action movie has been really disappointing and terrible. Um, and so uh, after they saw it, they were like, oh, man, James, you got to go see this movie. And I was like, okay, like, again, nobody else is talking about this movie. Maybe there's something actually there. But I, I assumed, based on the trailers, that this was going to be like an origin story of Tarzan, and it's not. I mean, it, it starts with Tarzan in England, in the, you know, uh, all of oh, that stuff behind him. Oh, suddenly he's in England. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he is, he's, it's the one thing you got right. Um, he's there, he's there because That's England. That's why I thought it was in England. Weird. <laughs> yeah, except for the fact that they say Belgium about 25 fucking times. Yeah. And the whole plot, even the text at the beginning talks about how the king is, is broke. But maybe you were so far away from the screen that you couldn't read. Um, no, the conversation was just boring. I still haven't seen Oh, this okay. Movie. The fucking pretext of the movie was so boring that you gave up on a movie. That is insane. No, I, I just looked away for a little while. Oh. It's like, I'll come back when something happens. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Anyway, you shouldn't have reviewed the movie then. Like, that's ridiculous. Aww. Um, yeah, I think it's really fun. I definitely think it's worth people's time, and especially for a movie that, that people aren't really paying attention to. I mean, it's doing well enough that, that I'm, I'm hopeful that they will make a sequel, because I had a lot of fun. The CG is definitely hit or miss, um, but I think that, that falls into a larger conversation about how CG in big-budget action movies, like, the, the bar for, for a movie like this is not as high as it should be, because um, sometimes, in some sequences, it's really good, and then sometimes it's like, 
all right, look, there's just so much CG in this movie that in order for them to turn the movie around, it's not all going to look amazing. Um, and I think that's just a part of a larger conversation about the fact that CG is in an awkward place right now. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I don't think it's bad by any means. Um, yeah, they didn't. They clearly didn't go to the Congo and film scenes of him running through Would the jungle. Would you say Tarzan is in your heart? <laughs> yeah, so 100%. I think the movie is more fun than the Disney one. Is it? I, um, I haven't, yeah, I haven't I mean, seen the, the Disney one since it's in theaters. I haven't seen this one either, so the, I can't compare. The, the Disney one has songs. Um, there's definitely a few parts where they talk down to the audience, but there's also some really great little scenes. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson has a, a wonderful scene where he... Um, He's got you know sort of the the exposition scene, which is about ten minutes in, that tells you about half of everything you need to know to un- to clearly understand the straightforward plot of the film, um, and then everything else comes from from uh, uh, Rom, who's uh, who's Christoph Waltz's character later on, um, and uh, he's got a scene where he he sort of he talks about sort of his his history with with you know wiping out indigenous people and. I think his character is actually really heartfelt, even though, yes, they absolutely, like... I think when he walked on, on onto the, the lot, they were like, okay, we're going to throw out all your dialogue. You just say whatever feels natural to you, and it'll be great. And it is. It's really, like, he's a fun character. He just sticks out in the movie. Um, and there is a weird scene where he's, like... <laughs> where the movie gets really, uh, not adult, but uh, where he makes the joke about, you know, oh, am I supposed to, you know, lick the monkey's balls? Um, but in my, in my very full theater of people, it, that joke got maybe the biggest laugh in the movie. Um, I mean, people were really into this movie when I saw it. Um, and maybe that makes a difference is like, I was in a theater full of, of, well, I know it does have a huge disparity and despair, uh, gap between what the critics thought and what audience think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that it, it is a refreshing, fun summer movie that didn't do a lot of the things that I expected it to do, which would have been, which would have caused it to fail. Right? It didn't tell the same story I've heard again. Um, the plot is, is, you know, yes, relatively straightforward, but interesting enough and involves enough history that you do get to like, you get to think about, okay, what what were European countries doing to Africa at this time, and what is the impact that it had? And the fact that you're thinking about any of that stuff in the middle of a movie where you know, the dude from True Blood is running around in trees and, like, jumping onto trains <laughs> and having silly action scenes. Like, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, they wrote an original script that is, is fun and entertaining. Um, so, yeah, I 100% think that people should go see that movie, especially before, you, you know, it leaves theaters. Because um, I've seen a lot of movies. I mean, I've, I've gone to the movie, I think, ten times in the last couple weeks. Uh, maybe three weeks, and it's probably the best movie that I've seen in that time. Um, it's it's been really, it was really fun. Um, so that was the that was the big one that I wanted to uh, get off of my chest. Okay. Um, so I also I will quickly like say he's never half watched a movie in the background before. I have, but at least I can do two things at once. Um, so the uh, fight, fight. <laughs> uh, I, I will really quickly give my review of Swiss Army Man. Uh, I haven't finished last week's episode, so I don't know what you guys said about it, but uh, I don't want to repeat too much. But um, I was okay with it the first. Two- <laughs> <laughs> You're not just going to put that sound effect in? Nope. Um, that was a that was a real fart, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the uh, I, I was I was having fun for the first two acts, and then the third act, like it it just sort of lost me. Um, 
I understand what the movie is doing. Like I, and I, I'm totally on board with the fact that unlike every other movie about how it's okay to be weird, this is a movie where by the end he's still weird and he's okay with it, but everyone else still thinks he's weird. And I, I, I appreciate that, mm. but the, the logic and the tone and the pace of the movie in that last very short act um, just totally undid a lot of the, the fun I was having with the movie and left sort of a bad taste in my mouth, even though the first two acts I was like, oh, okay, like this is silly and stupid, and some of these jokes I don't really enjoy, um, but I'm... I'm enjoying my time here yeah and then it just it just like it just sort of fumbled at the end for me um if if you're interested in the movie i I would still definitely say it's worth seeing just because it's strange i think if you saw the trailer and you were like that looks weird i want to see that then yeah you 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 probably do because you're the kind of person who's into weird stuff um and it it delivers there uh and i think there is some good some some really good heartfelt scenes and some some acting that is that is very interesting and fun. Um, it just, for me, I don't walk away going like, oh man, that was so amazing. Um, which, you know, for a first time movie from some guys who make weird stuff, I'm actually okay with. Um, but yeah, that's, that's how I felt about that one. Um, and then I also, I'll, I'll save one of these for last since I know Brad saw it too. Um, so the very last thing before we talk about that is, uh, after the BFG and how sort of disappointed I was with that, I finally like, there's a couple of Steven Spielberg movies that I still haven't seen, even though I bought them. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to go finish those up so that I can like have all of his movies in my head. And I thought, really, to do a palate cleanser, I'll go watch 1941, since that's the one that even he says is his worst movie. Um, and I would agree with him, it's his worst movie. <laughs> uh, it's not terrible. There's some really c- good gags in there. Um, I think it's shot wonderfully. Uh, there's There's a couple of, like ironically there's a couple of good little jokes that are actually really ruined by how like elaborately he shoots it and how he he wants he wants to set everything up the way he always does um he wants to set everything up so that there's like a logic to like okay this is going to be this slapsticky scene where this falls over and knocks into this guy and we're going to see like this rude you know uh root goldberg you know kind of sequence um very like beginning of temple of doom kind of a thing and while those are really charming in his other movies, here where it's supposed to be like a slapstick comedy, it's like, ah, like the, the joke at the end isn't funny because like all this stuff mm-hmm. sort of, you know. Um, and it's, it's, I think the real problem with it is that it's absolutely a mess. Um, there's so many different plots. It feels like if Steven Spielberg made Caddyshack, um, if, if nobody knows about this, basically it's a, it's a comedy that he wrote or that he directed that's written by... Um, uh, uh, Zemeckis and Bob Gale. Um, I mean, the, the talent on this movie is ridiculous, and the score by John Williams is wonderful. Um, but it's just a lot of different, disparate stories that don't tie together really well, and are like at times not offensive, but like so irreverent about World War II that it's almost like I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. You know, <laughs> from the guy who brought you Saving Private Ryan is a movie where. You know, bumbling Japanese people try to invade L.A. Oh, I fell down. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Hollywood! Like, it's, yeah, it's weird. Um, I wouldn't say it's, like, it's not terrible. Um, As a guy who doesn't enjoy some of those comedies from the time, like, I I don't like Caddyshack. I'm sure I I judge it more harshly than some people would. Um, But, uh, honestly, it made me feel better about the BFG. You are not all right. 
There's there's some really good little gags in there though. There were some times where I was like, oh, that's a that's a good joke. Um, there's also a lot of attempted rape uh, because uh, shoot, what's the guy? Uh, man, uh, the guy from like Bill Cosby? No, um, oh, man, I can't remember the actor's name. Anyway, he plays one of the one of the officers. Uh, like one of the main stories is this guy who's not uh, he's has didn't go into the army and he's in love with this girl and he wants to dance with her at this dance but it becomes an, uh, a a dance where like o- the girls can only dance with guys who are in the military and then the guy who wants the military guy who wants to dance with her is basically trying to rape her the whole movie and our hero has to save him and it's really kind of o- like it's very overt um, but whatever I mean it was it was fine I, I think it's kind of worth checking out so. Uh, and then the very last thing was I got a chance to go see The Shallows, uh, which I was surprisingly excited about because the trailer was so different, and I really like a good shark movie. Um, so I, I, I went to see that. Brad, you went to see The Shallows too, right? I did last night. Cool. Um, so I, The Shallows is like, it's like trying to be cast away with a shark, but it doesn't do it very well because it's a lot of her alone on the rock. Uh, basic story is this woman goes out surfing in on this, you know, sort of hidden away beach, um, and a shark attacks her while she's out there, and she gets stuck on this rock, and she's trying to figure out how she survives, and the shark is in the water in a very, uh, like, Jaws-like way. The shark really wants to eat her and doesn't care about anything else. And that's not a complaint I have about the movie. I'm totally fine with that. I, I love Jaws, so I will totally accept the I really want to eat Blake Lively shark, right? I want to eat Blake Lively. Right. Out. By, by the way, so does this movie. This movie worships her the whole time. Like, there are some shots of this movie where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, really? Like, okay, She's I'm pretty. totally okay with it. But it's, yeah, the, the opening sequence is you, you very slowly watch her, like, put on her wetsuit and, like, <laughs> you know, wax up her board. Um, she can wax up my board. <sighs> Let me see how many more I can do. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, I think the, like, she's trying really hard. And I always, I always have felt like, for some reason, I, I want better for Blake Lively because she works so hard. Like, you know, all the work she did in the town um, and some of the other movies I've seen her in where I'm like, okay, you're trying really hard and you're actually really good, but some of the stuff around you is failing you. Um, I, 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 I had fun with most of this movie. There's a few times where the logic of the movie is pretty dumb. Um, and as the movie went on, I just felt like they kept making decisions that I really disagreed with and had a hard time enjoying. Um, so I don't know that I can recommend it, but I've heard a lot of people enjoy it. So I've, I, I've told a couple of people that I wanted them to check it out, too, because I want to hear other people's opinions. Um, yeah. Anyway, so, Brad, what did, what did you think? Uh, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> okay. Was it, was it some of the stuff like, you know, the... It's just so thin. Uh, the dialogue is cheesy. Um... Uh, the the, the overlays of the cell phone, like as she's walking, like on the sides and stuff. I was okay. I get it's like okay, you're trying to do something different, but yeah. it just didn't work for me. Okay, it just seemed like so gimmicky. Yeah, um, she can overlay on my cell phone. I was okay. Keep it going. <laughs> I was I was okay with that. She gets wet a lot. Do some of that. Some some of the problems I had I with it wet. were like <sighs> some of the problems I had with it were things like you know, she gets bit on the leg. I'll bite her on the leg. Uh, and then there's. <laughs> 
And then there's a scene where she, like, uh, very castaway-esque, like, has to sew herself up with, like, an earring and some thread, um, which is okay but not great. But, for example, there's these great aerial shots of, like, her on the rock and this giant Jaws-esque shark swimming around in the water around her. It's great. But the shark bite she gets, A, doesn't take any of her flesh off. It's just like a quick nip and then release. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the size of her thigh. So the, the bite on her leg is, and I don't want to be like too picky about this, but it's stuff like this that bothers me because I feel like you could have found another way to maroon her on the, on the, um, on the, on the rock if this was a very obvious problem. So the bite on her leg is 14 inches wide, and the shark can, does in fact eat a person whole. So if it's this big and the bite on her leg is that small, it's just it's stuff like that. And then as she like the logic of how she progresses from from the rock to other stuff to try and survive, and even the logic of like why the shark is there and this whale, and then she tries to fight it she, she, by burning she it. Interrupted his feeding ground. Remember? Yes, but it's That's not. That's why he was pissed off. But it's not feeding on the whale. Like if, I was telling you what was in the movie, man. Don't leave me. No, I know, but that, that's <laughs> where I have a problem with it. I, you know, um, because I, I think the movie could have been better if instead of having one shark, you have this whale and you have a school of sharks feeding on this whale. Uh, great whites don't swim in schools, so well, what, that but, logic but, doesn't make any but, sense. But then it would have been fine. Like if you had other sharks <laughs> I'm not even there. Sure it was a great white. I think it was like a mutant shark. I know because it is it is ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, and the uh, yeah because it actually looks a little more like a gray shark. But huge, um, but the uh, yeah, like it's just a few things like that where I'm like, ah, I, like you're trying really hard, and I think she's working really hard to turn in a a great performance where she is desperate out on this rock, like, and she's trying to pull out of this story, you know, about like some emotion of like, oh, like I'm learning to appreciate my life, and like, because she's running away because her mom has died, and and she doesn't want to deal with her family or her dad. Um, and so she's trying to deliver that, but it's not written very well. Like it's not in the movie well enough. So it's not. It's so not it's like the end of, you've heard in a thousand different movies. Yeah, like it's not. There is no. Does she say forget everything you know about sharks? <laughs> it's like in every no, trailer but she does, now. Like to prove that she is like she's going to med school when she sews herself up. She's actually talking to herself like oh, strategically yeah. like. Okay, now put like she's whispering. Put, yeah, put the suture through here. And well, she, she's like bedside mannering herself. Yeah, so she's like telling loud. herself like, oh, it's I'll gonna be a manner. Her. In <laughs> case the audience forgot, I'm <laughs> right. I'm a med student. Yeah, yeah. and well, then yeah. when the seagull breaks its wing, she's like, oh, you've got a class four fracture. What? Yeah, whatever. Right. Just from feeling it. Oh, and by the way... She's not a veterinarian. Uh, by the way, I'm furious with that character. So there's this bird that's also on the rock, and it's got a broken wing. And she, at one point, it's, dis- it's a dislocated wing, I guess. So she catches the bird lo- well into the movie. She catches the bird and, like, uh, fixes its wing. So that- and then she, like, puts it on Feeds the thing. it to the so- shark? <laughs> no. That's what I was thinking. Was I was like, okay... At one point, she picks it up, and I was like, okay, you're about to win me back. Because if she takes that bird, twists its neck, and throws it into the water, and then <laughs> swims the opposite direction, I was like, hell yes. Because that's, that's some shit up. that Tom Hanks and Castaway would do. <laughs> like, that's what I wanted. And the movie, part of what's wrong with the movie is it doesn't have a really solid ending where, like, it, it has this What they do is they have her talking to, like, this, this GoPro to, like, send a message to the beach. Um, and to send a message to her family about, like, oh, I'm really sorry, like, this is what I've learned, right? But it is nowhere near... What the movie needs is a, 
I'm back home and I have ice in my glass scene. Like, she, what she needs to do is go home and have a scene with her family where she breaks down and realizes that her mom is dead and she hasn't dealt with it. Like, that's what the movie needed to deliver, but it, it doesn't do that. It's more like, like, the last scene is like, I'm still brave enough to go back in the water. I'm like, no, what? Like, you, you can't try to tell me an emotional story about this character. Uh, spoilers, James, Rock. before you tell the ends of films. Sorry. Um, well... Guess this, what? This movie was almost an hour and 20. Yeah. I, I honestly would... F- I there wasn't much film there. When she finally gets to the point where she's fighting the, ro- the, the shark, I, I had some, like, some like Jaws the Revenge flashes. Like, Did she tie things... a, a rope around it and she rides it into shore? Because that would be awesome. Uh, that would be cool, but... <laughs> yeah. Really? That's awesome. Um, the way she did Feast of the Shark is like, I suddenly like perked up and I'm like, oh, that was badass. Okay. Where's that been all this yes, movie? Yes, but the logic, because I was paying attention to the movie. But she should have The logic <laughs> of the movie doesn't really make sense up yeah. to then. So it's just like, it is really cool when you see it. You're like, holy shit. But as, as she's doing this thing, I'm like, wait, how, how is she getting this to work? Like, why is this happening? And then I saw what, what it did, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. You were, you were trying to contrive a way for her to kill the shark. Um, yeah. An endangered yeah. species, by the way. Way to go, Blake Lively. Was, she was an endangered species. She is. Have you seen her bod? Yeah, I I saw all of it. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I don't know. I, I I it's not great. It's it's the best shark movie in years since Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but it's I I don't think that it's worth it. It might be a rental. Uh, maybe. May but see, I can't recommend it. Did you ever see Buried with Ryan Reynolds? No. Is there a shark in that movie? No. But uh, the home movie. I was thinking like, oh, because well, her husband got to do a. Stuck right. in a box. Yeah. Well, movie. I guess it's. And so this is her stuck in a box movie. <laughs> the best shark movie in four years because you loved Contiki, right? Oh, that's true. Well, I don't really consider that a shark movie, but it's got sharks in it. So, yes, it's the best shark movie since Contiki. Then. <laughs> Only Contiki. That's like saying that, like, cereal is the best steak because they're both meals. Like, n- no. <laughs> like, it's not. This Contiki is a brilliant film, and this is very far from it. Brad, what else you watch? Yeah. My turn? Yep. Uh, I also got a chance to see Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. Oh, cool. Mm. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, it's really on the nose with a lot of its jokes, and people are explaining their feelings a lot, <laughs> or what they're thinking yeah. at the time of what's going on. Um, uh, but other than that, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Mike and Dave need wedding. I'm more interested in uh, looking up what because it's based on a true story. Yeah. Oh, really? So I'm, yeah. like, I'm trying to figure out like because there's some pretty outrageous stuff in there. I'm trying to figure out how it's less outrageous in real life. Like what transpired, and the story is really kind of thin. You know, these these two fuck ups. The other girls are fuck ups, and their pan- their families are annoyed with them. And <laughs> they get together to fuck up together. And by the end of the movie, they figure out that they suck and they should change Spoilers. their ways. <laughs> Like, did anyone not see that coming? <sighs> I guess I shouldn't even just watch comedies anymore either. <laughs> well, you should watch it for the gags. So, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. It's it's right. a comedy. Is it? Fine. What's it on? It's only with? jokes. Like like it's not it's not Twenty One Jump Street. It's, right. Uh, it's Ventura I, when nature calls. It's no, bad maybe grandpa. Than that. Bad grandpa. Our dirty, dirty, dirty grandpa. Whatever that that. Our, Just our picking Zac Efron movies. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'd say it's probably in there with Neighbors too this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Cool. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's a fun watch, but yeah. by the end of it, you're ready to move on with your sure. life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to move on yeah. with my life. Cool. Uh, what else did I watch? Um, I think that was actually it. Cause oh no, uh, apparently there's a, another season of Todd Margaret. <laughs> Is there? There's oh. a third season. Oh, okay. I mean, it's only six episodes, but um, yeah, they wrap they wrapped it up in season two, and now they're back in a season three. Like, they wrapped it up. Like, the show was... They ended the story. Todd Margaret died. Yeah. Well, Tom, Todd Margaret blew up the world. <laughs> oh, okay. From his poor decisions. Oh, okay. Was I the only one who watched it? No. Yes. No, no, no I, I don't think I saw... Maybe I didn't see season two. Yeah, he goes to North Korea. He goes to North Korea at the end and then blows up the world. No. Season three um, starts out. He's Todd Margaret, but apparently seasons one and two were just a dream. <laughs> wow. That and, sounds uh, like something David Cross would do, though. Instead of being a bumbling idiot like he is, now he's like this straight go-getter, like executive at this corporate job. And um, uh, what's his name? Will uh, Arnett's character has apparently bungled his job in London, and so Todd has to go uh, solve, you know, fix it. He's living in Portland or whatever with his real wife Amber Tamlin as a character. Oh, she, she, her name's Steph, but like he's using his wife. Yeah. Yes. Um, so he goes to London, and then um, he's talking about the the dream he had, which was the first two seasons, and it starts to like he starts having a lot of deja vu. It's it's going to turn into the end, the last season of Lost. Like he's he's this is actually like a weird side story where he's in hell and and he's remembering his real life. That's what this sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Lost, so I don't. Okay. I don't right. know, but uh, that sounds a lot like what's going to happen. Oh, okay, cool. Because I'm not going to spoil the ending. Thank but, you. Uh, well, you're not, you're not over it. You're not done with it yet. He starts right? meeting people in London who were in his dream, and he starts trying to connect the dots, um, and his world unravels throughout. I watched all the whole season already. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, yeah, his, his, yeah, his world unravels. I'll, I'll just say that. And um, Cool. Uh, there's some, like, spoofs to things. Like, Jack McBrayer is one of his workers. He's trying to get a microwave for the office. Um, and he's trying to track down um, Will Arnett because he's the only one who can sign off on getting the new. But he does it as, like, a Sherlock parody. Sure. So he opens up, like, this file box, and it's got, like, all the the text overlays and the detective work going on and stuff. Right, right, right. Um, so I thought it was funny. He's, and he's eventually, eventually he's walking around downtown London in, like, the trench coat and the scarf and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, it's a... I thought it was entertaining, but I was a little disappointed that the ending was what it was, considering, like, they hard-rebooted the show. Yeah. And then it kind of gets you back to where does it, it started. Does <laughs> it, it once again puts you in, like, oh, I guess the show can never happen again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so, cool. Well, clearly, maybe it can. I'm, just, I'm curious, like, why... And there's also a joke uh, when uh, Todd Margaret shows up at um, the office. Everyone's like man, we haven't seen you in three years. And we were kind of wondering what was going to happen with you. Um, well, not to the fact that, like, yeah, we expected this yeah. was over. Um, right. So that kind of stuff's fun. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, was, I was very shocked to find out. Uh, was a, Netflix informed me, there's a third season of Todd Margaret for you. I was like, that show hasn't been on in three years. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there... But that, I guess that's what you can do on Netflix. There's no rules. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, it's still IFC, though. So how, they made how long, it for... How long are the seasons? Twelve? Six episodes, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're Six really short. The first yeah. one's really short. And they're oh, only like okay. half an hour each, I think. Yeah. 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 Cool. cool. Yeah, that's it for me. Uh, this week I had a chance to revisit 
Jaws 3, the third dimension oh. is terror. How do you like when the, when that shark swims into that glass? Oh, yeah. Isn't it horrifying? It is. It, what's really horrifying is a transfer of the Blu-ray. No. Well, I, you know, well, actually, I, I say that. I'm not even sure if the original is that. Like, Well, here's the thing is um, I, even the transfer for Friday the 13th on Blu-ray, there's a lot of uh, ghosting. And I think it's because of 3D technology because it's they're actually using 3D cameras. Yeah. I think actually affects the upconversion of the films. So you don't think that there's a you don't think that there was like a 2D version of the film that only has one image on it? I don't know. Because huh. here's the thing is I mean if you want to borrow it you can. Um I was watching it and there'd be times when, you know, let's say uh, Dennis Quaid was walking across the screen and you could see like red and green like shadows oh, around wow. him. Oh, okay. It was really weird. I mean, sometimes it looked really great. So it may not. It may not be that they did a shitty job. It may be that the original. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know tough. if there's an original two D print of it. Yeah. Because. Well, or maybe, or maybe, like, maybe that scene. Did, did it feel like it came and went? Like sometimes yeah, you did. That's what I mean because I think obviously some of the scenes are three D and some aren't. Yeah. So I, the scenes that were three D were really grainy, and you could see the the ghosting on it. Oh. It man. was really interesting. Um, the movie is garbage. <laughs> yeah. Um. Is that the one where Jaws is a theme park? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And and the problem is, is you know, it's actually really boring. Yeah. The movie's boring. And the shark is. The shark looks s- awful. Not scared. I mean, the the shot I'm talking about where it swims through oh, the yeah. glass, it doesn't like they're using like an animatronic shark, but it's not an animatronic shark. It's like a stuffed animal shark. Yeah. The the, the fins don't move. Yep. The tail doesn't move. It just it just like it's like a two D image. Pasted onto the film and then slowly moved, and then the glass shatters. Yeah, it's it's oh. just really it, the movie's just boring. Yeah, and, and there's something to be said. Yeah, the shark in Jaws and Jaws Two doesn't look always real, but the way it's shot is way better. In this, it literally will show the shark going nom 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 like chomping, and yeah. it looks like it's a robot shark. But I mean, as as is always true, a great shark movie doesn't need the shark to be great because the movie around it, the people and that story is so good Mm -hmm. that like in Jaws, it doesn't matter what the shark looks like. That story is so wonderful. And even Jaws 2. Well, yeah. So the story of Jaws 3 is they're at SeaWorld and a baby great white shark gets into their lagoon. And when the baby great white shark dies, somehow a 35 foot mom shark senses that and comes in and is going to eat everybody in the park. Yep. And it takes two hours for them to get to that point. Or it might only be really? an hour and a half. I don't know. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, the scene you're talking about where the shark is about to break through the glass, where Louis Gossett Jr. is, like, commanding the lagoon. Um, on the Blu-ray, you can see, uh, like, the cutout of, like, the, uh, the composition of the shot. So, like, the shark's there, and you see little squares, like, where its fins are and stuff. As it's moving through the screen, it's really bad. Um, you know, I was hoping that because it, it's a cheesy movie, I could say, oh, it's fun to sit here and watch it. Not really. Yeah. Not really. But the Blu-ray does come with a 3D version of it, so I, I might have to watch it again to see if the 3D is... Does it come with, with red-green glasses, or is no, it... No, it's a, you have to have a 3D it's a 3D TV, TV yeah. one? Oh, okay. So it's up-converted to, yeah. that, to the polarized... So who knows? It's not great. The poster's still awesome. I love all the posters for Jaws movies. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Even though it does, I actually kind of love and appreciate that the the poster has like that 
that classic 3D like red mm-hmm. red bold text font. Like I think that's cool. Uh, I also rewatched Jeepers Creepers. I haven't seen it in a while. Um, yeah. Did you get the uh, you got the the Shout Factory? Yeah, movies? cool. So I haven't had a chance to watch the second one, but I watched the first one. And I remember really enjoying the first one, and everything I loved about it since I haven't seen it in time is true. The first forty five minutes of Jeepers Creepers is pretty amazing. Just just to remind me, Jeepers Creepers one is Justin Long, and Jeepers Creepers two is the is the school bus. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry. So the the first Jeepers Creepers, the first forty five minutes is him and his sister being like pursued by this. Dude in a trench coat and yeah. like a fedora. It's like it's almost duelish, right? Because yeah, he's in this big truck. I was listening yeah. to the special features, the making of it, and the director purposely stole shots from Duel. Yeah. Because he loves Spielberg. Uh-huh. And he says, Yeah, I stole shots from Duel <laughs> because I thought it was really cool. And uh-huh. I, was, I was like, All right, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Um, and it, it's really interesting because there, there's also a really, you know, to me, I don't get scared in film, but there's things that are unsettling in film, and the way it's shot is. There's this cool part where, so the first like 15 minutes is that truck and it runs Justin Long and his sister off the road. And then they're talking, you know, like kids talk and they drive by this church and that dude in the like duster and the fedora has this bloody uh, body bag and he throws it down a pipe. And as they're driving by, he turns his head really quick and you see it. He sees them go by and then the truck starts coming after him again. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it starts to lose a little bit of it when you realize who he is. Not that it's a bad thing. I don't know how to describe it. But by, it, it by loses who, its momentum. By who he is, you just mean that he's like this weird monster. In yeah. A cave. Yeah. Like, not, I, I, he's not like I think the, I like the idea of every 23 years for 23 days, this monster comes alive and eats people. Yeah. I think that's a cool idea. Sure. Um, the way it's handled that they get all this news from a psychic is stupid. Um, oh, that's right. She like, comes into the police station and says, No, he's after y'all. When you hear Jeepers Creepers, that means he's going to kill you. And you're like, mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't need that. Yeah, I, should, I, don't, I just I need, need the... that. And <sighs> even it, what was really cool is, this is why I love Scream Factory, is the making of them are usually about an hour long. Uh-huh. And the original ending to that film was not in the police station, was the Creeper uh, chased them to a train. And like there was a fight on a train and uh, the creeper ends up like being run over or something by the train, and that's when you find out that he's like a monster. That like, sounds like... like the wings pop out and things yeah. like that. So you don't even know who he is until the very end. Uh, but they ran out of money. Uh-huh. I, and I so was just they... going to say that sounds expensive. <laughs> so they had to kind of tweak the ending, and which is really interesting is uh, the producer of it was Francis Ford Coppola. So you're like, how huh. does he run out of pole? Um, but I still think it's actually oh. a pretty effective horror film. Um, there's some style choices at the end, but it, it's still great. I, I love uh, the ending is you always think – so Justin Long – so the creeper like latches onto somebody and he wants something from them, whether he's going to eat their heart or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, he has Justin Long because he wants his eyes. And his sister has this like heartfelt – he's like, no, take me, take me. And the creeper just takes him out of the window and flies away. I'm like, that's cool. It's like, fuck you. I'm, I'm doing what I want. I, li- I like horror films that don't yeah. end how you expect them to. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's still a fun movie. The, the Blu-ray on Shout Factory is great. Um, sorry, sorry. He wants his eyes? Yeah. Well, he, like, he murders different people and takes different parts, Yeah, right? he is takes he, their parts away from them. He's like, is he rebuilding himself but to our, survive? No, he 20? eats them. But our, he just eats them? Okay. Yeah. But our main character, he wants his eyes. Yes. As, you know that the, the song is like Jeepers Creepers. Where'd you, Where'd get, you get those, those peepers? peepers? Exactly. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yep. Um, yep. 
That's that. it. Hmm. Um, it's a smart movie, Brad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, I think if you like horror films, I think you should watch it. I think yeah. the first, maybe even the first 50, maybe the last 20 minutes is bad. I mean, bad's a broad, strong word. Not as disappointing the build up to it. Um, I think I said when the when the Blu-ray came out, or when the yeah when the Blu-ray came out and we talked about it that like for some reason it's one of the few horror movies I like. I've seen it a number of times because mm-hmm. um, I, I mean I, I think I only ever saw it on TV. But like every time it would come on TV, I was like, oh, this is a fun movie. Like yeah. you know, I even think that I haven't seen the second one in a long time. But I think the opening, of the second one's cool. It's like the creepers hanging on like a scarecrow. Yes. chasing those kids through the cornfield is great. Right. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. They have a third one coming out. We'll see if oh, they really? can. Oh. Yeah. And it's, I guess uh, the story is, is the dad from the second one and uh, Justin Long's sister are going to go hunt down the creeper or something. I'm like, all oh, right, cool. that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so this week, I decided I was going to take a chance. And I was going to put in a movie for my little boy to watch and see if he would watch it. And so I put in Spider-Man 2. And he loved it. He kept on going. He would go, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And, oh, no, Daddy, oh, no. And Spider-Man would be fighting or he was swinging and he lost his powers. And um, Spider-Man 2 is still a, a, a fantastic film. Absolutely. And I still think the fight with Doc Ock when Spider-Man goes to confront him because he's uh, kidnapped Mary Jane is one of the best superhero fights ever. Um, even th- when he's swinging up to the tower and Doc Ock, like, breaks off the hands of the clock and throws them at Spider-Man. Yeah. And then he whips and he grabs it and throws the, like, the, the hands back up at him. Yeah. And then they fall on the train and he throws them through the bridge. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's one of – because Sam Raimi knows how to direct action. And that is just – everything about that is amazing. And when I watch it, I'm like, man, this would be awesome in 3D because there's so many shots that are uh, – it's, it's still a great movie. And the effects actually hold up really well because yeah. um, I think – uh, what Sam Raimi did really well in the first two Spider-Man is he would mix live action with CGI. Yeah. So when Spider-Man grabs the clock hand and shoots back up, obviously CGI. But when he lands, he starts punching Doc Ock. It's all practical, and they're all right. there fighting. Right. And I think it really helps. And then Spider-Man 3, they kind of lost that. Yeah. And I think all well, of them kind of did. your villains became, exactly. became CGI. Um, How come you didn't show your son Spider-Man 3 first? Um. Because I wanted to watch Spider-Man 2. Because you start with the good stuff. Yeah. Is there anything super... I mean, Kellen is almost two years old. Is there anything super dark in 2? I don't think there is. No. Like, and see, it's it, actually a not, pretty good, like... Yeah, it's, it's a pretty Cartoonish movie. movie. Like, like, like that's not, that, that sort of, you no, know... No, the, the darkest thing is, is really Harry Osborn. Right. Where he's... Um, it, it actually has one of my favorite dry lines by a horrible actor ever. The butler in it. Where uh, there's a scene, and I know it's a Sam Raimi scene, because, so, Harry Osborn is, like, ruined because Spider-Man pulled the plug on Otto Octavius' experiment, people died, and Osborn invested all this money into it, so he blames Spider-Man for his father's death and for his company's being ruined, and so there's this desk, and it has, you know, Spider-Man menace, Daily Bugle stuff, and... Harry's drinking Maker's Mark, and he's like, damn it, who are you? Your father and, only obsessed about his yeah, job. Yeah, he's like, your father only obsessed about his job. Yep. Good night, Bernard. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I love that scene. It's yeah. so funny. Um, yeah. And, and then w- when Bernard shows up in 3, it's one of the funniest sequences in 3. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's bad. Because they had set it's that clumsy. character up. Oh, yeah. it's super bad. It's, uh, but it's funny. It is. Um, yeah. And then I, I haven't watched Force Awakens since I saw it in theaters. And so I said, you know, I'm going to put that in and see if my kid likes it. Oh, and so he good. loved Star Wars. Yeah. 
he would just sit there and watch it. And uh, big spoilers for a movie that's almost a year old. But when Han gets it from Kylo Ren. Wait, well, he does what? Uh, and he's just sitting there looking. And, you know, he puts his hand on uh, his face. And Kellen goes, oh, he fell down. And he just fell down. And um, Kellen was, like, devastated that Han Solo died. Is that's a, dead, dead? That's a dark movie. <laughs> it yeah. is, but he... What's death? Enjoyed it. So, like, <laughs> so like a tear started coming down my eye because he was so into it. Yeah. And then I, I get welled up again when uh, Kylo's trying to grab the lightsaber and it goes oh. past him and Ray gets it. I'm like, oh, I love this movie. That... Everything about that movie just <sighs> makes me love film. That last sequence is so good. Mm-hmm. And I am... Yeah. I, dude, that Star Wars movie is really good. <laughs> it is. Um, everything down... Yeah. I don't want to dig into it too much, but like I recently had a, a long conversation about where I think some of that story is going and mm-hmm. and and a lot of the, the clues that they give us in Force Awakens about what we're going to see moving forward about those characters and, and, and how they're tempted and, and sort of what their fates are, yeah. I think is fascinating. Um, and I, yeah. I, I love the character of Han Solo in it. I mean, it's just so... You know, why it was my favorite film from last year is because it just reminded me why I love movies so much. Oh, yeah. And why I love characters. Yeah. Just the part where he's, says, she's, you know, Ray says, are you offering me a job? It doesn't pay well. And uh, <laughs> he tries to give the excuse. It's just everything about that just screams Han Solo to me. Yeah. And it's cool to see Harrison Ford do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. And it makes me even more happy that my boy loved it. And my wife put in The Incredible Hulk, and he loved The Incredible Hulk. Oh, man. Because um, he, he loves smashing things, obviously. Yeah. So uh, so my son has passed my father's He's test. He's a nerd. Of, yeah. <laughs> uh, he'll tell you all about it. Um, wait till he points out who's on his shoes. He'll tell you everybody's on his shoes. Aww. Captain America, Iron Man, He's Thor. He's so cute. Yeah, that's great. So cute. So that was fun. And cool. that he sat and watched those movies with me. Because, you know, Spider-Man 2, I think, is two and a half hours. So he sat and watched it. Until mom came home and took, put him to bed. But yeah. he didn't get up, and he loved it. So go Spidey. Cool. Go Star Wars. I, I, I forgot one thing. Can I, can I do a 60-second review sure. of uh, a movie from, I, th- I believe, 1967 called Blow Up? Um, the reason that I watched it was because I recently found out it's my dad's favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a terrible film. <laughs> um, I, I need to read through. Roger Ebert has a long review of it. I think he gave it four out of five stars. I need to read through why because there's a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, bi- the big bi- piece being that it's, uh, it, it made a big splash because it, like, at that time people were really obsessed with like, you know, British culture and, and all of that sort of you know, po- post-Beatles stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad loves it because it's got a scene with the, where the Yardbirds are in it and they, they, mm. they smash a guitar. Nice. Um, the scene is completely a non sequitur to the rest of the film. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, Yardbirds are a great band, though. Yeah, oh yeah. No, and the scene is cool. The, the crowd watching the Yardbirds, though, is absolutely nonplussed. Like, they are standing there just pale-faced watching the Yardbirds play like they, have, like they don't even hear the music. It's bizarre. Um, but the... the, the Real quick rundown of the movie is that it's about this photographer who um, he stumbles upon Vanessa Redgrave, uh, a very young Vanessa Redgrave, who is a very attractive young Vanessa Redgrave. Uh, in a park, he's taking photos of her with like her boyfriend. And that's 60 seconds. Uh, fuck off. <laughs> and uh, uh, I got interrupted once or twice. Um, and... Uh, he ends up figuring out that the pictures she comes and she's like, oh, I really need those pictures you took. I saw you taking pictures. I need those. Ends up figuring out that inside the pictures are um, uh, is evident. Like he thinks he took photos of a murder. Um, 
but that that piece of the plot comes an hour and five minutes into the movie. So the first hour is just like this meandering late 60s kind of hippie plot where he's just going and like, I'm going to go buy large things from antique shops. And like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, there's a really, 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 really awkward scene where he basically rapes two young women. Mm-hmm. Um, that's bizarre, but it's played off as it's playful. Like, oh, they want it, but they, they super don't want it. Um, it's really bizarre. Uh, it, it's just an awkward, not very interesting and very long movie that takes a long time to get to the plot. Um, and then has like a 10 minute montage of him blowing up photos so that he can see like, what is, what do I see there? Is that a body? Is that a face? Uh, and then it goes nowhere. Um, he never goes to the police. It, it, it just sort of ends and it's not very good. Um, so sorry, dad. Uh, yeah, that's what I was worried about showing my kid Spider-Man too. Right. Like he's going to hate this. I bet yeah. You so. Yeah. But your, your favorite movies aren't bizarre late well, 60s we'll, we'll wait till films. he sees Army of Darkness and then we'll go from sure, there. Sure, absolutely, yeah. When, <laughs> when he watches Army of Darkness, he's like, Dad, this is some stupid-ass shit right here. What are you talking oh, about? son. Did your dad say son. why he likes that movie? Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. I, I even told him, I've talked about him since I saw it, or talked about it since I saw it. Um, and Whatever my uh, wife is cooking smells great. I, yeah. Um, and it was, it had a lot to do with a, that, that cultural stuff at the time. And, and just everybody was really enamored with, like I said, I I need to read all of Roger Ebert's review, but I I read like the first half and it had a lot to do with like the influence and just how cool it was at the time. Um, but the story is completely uninteresting. Um, and it had a lot to do with the Yardbirds. Like for my dad watching the Yardbirds play and smash a guitar in this movie, which that seems hilarious. Who smashed the guitar? Uh, I don't remember. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> uh, but the it's a it's a funny scene because they're they're playing and and like one of the amps is feeding back and so he keeps turning around and like smacking his guitar against the amp trying to get it to stop and then like a roadie hits the amp a few times to get it to stop and then finally he just gets pissed off and smashes the guitar on the ground and then you're like oh that's cool um, but it again like the scene is pointless in the movie. Like most of the scenes in the movie. Um, so he was okay with it, but I even told him, I was like, I hesitate to even tell you to watch it because I would hate to, like, whatever's in his head is a great movie, and I don't want to burst that. <laughs> right. Right? Like, because if he watches it, he, like, he will be very bored. It's a super boring movie. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, very much like it because the director is like an Italian guy, so it feels like an Italian art house mm. piece. Um, so anyway, uh, that's, that's everything. Sorry. Cool. Uh, Real news. It's real news. Uh, cool. We'll just run down. This was like basically Star Wars week because uh, celebration. The poster was for this Rogue week. One's badass. Oh, dude! Did you see the behind-the-scenes footage? Yeah. I I'm very hesitant to say how I'm. I'll say it this way: I'm really worried about how I feel about Rogue One because <laughs> I'm. My expectations keep getting higher and higher. And that movie, I mean, I've said it for years, you know, the, the Star Wars movies I want are the ones that have nothing to do with the Skywalkers or the Han Solos, right? Like, I want them to just go tell fun stories in the Star Wars universe. I'm getting really excited about yeah, Rogue Darth One. Darth Vader shows up, so you still yeah. get a Skywalker. Yeah, but, you know, whatever. He, Darth Vader's cool. I mean, I love those characters. My point is that the... They're not the focus of the story. Right. The Star Wars universe is so rich that you could just tell amazing adventure stories in that universe. Um, 
I'm yeah. I'm crazy excited yep. about that movie. And Ryan Johnson's awesome, so. Yeah. Well, this no, this is Gareth Edwards, remember. Ryan Johnson is 8. This is 8. No, it's not. No, 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 no. What are you talking about? What are you talking? Oh, wait, Ro- you're talking Ro- about Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue One. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rogue One. <laughs> Gareth Edwards, I know what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> My brain stopped working there for a second. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I I'm I'm bizarrely excited hey, about it. Godzilla's awesome, so. Watch it again. It's great. All right. I will. I will. Um, yeah. Uh, so the but I'm, I sh- maybe I shouldn't. I should tell myself his last movie wasn't that good to try and cull my expectations <laughs> for Rogue One because I'm stupidly excited. Um, there's some other news that came out of there. You know, some stuff that I don't, you know, like that. Star Wars 8 yeah. starts right where Star Wars 7 ended off. Like yeah. stuff like that that I don't really care about. Um, there is some, some buzz, though, that uh, Disney is working on. A a big Indiana Jones sort of universe is sort of what they're calling it. Um, it sounds like they may be talking about video games and TV shows or just Ooh. other things to do with it, uh, which I, I I've come around on. I'm totally okay with. I you know if if it's gonna happen, I want them to go balls out and give me a lot of stuff, and it'll just it'll just sort of change what Indiana Jones is for me. But that's okay um, as long as I get some really good movies. If they have Indiana Jones's name on it, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I just I just want some fun stuff, especially some video games because I I know I usually really enjoy a good Indiana Jones video game. Um, they're just only fifty percent of them are good at best. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean I, I I think it's interesting. I'm excited to get some more stuff. Uh, the buzz on Star Trek Beyond is really good, yep. uh, which is is exciting. Um, and this week we got a little bit of news that uh, for Star Trek Four, which they're already talking about because they're very confident in this movie. Um, is going to have uh, Kirk's father come back, Chris yeah. Hemsworth. Uh, so, I, yeah. Um, honestly, there's a part of me that's really kind of interested in this just because it makes me think that it'll be... Well, did I, you really see him die at the end of Star Trek 1? Oh, oh, like maybe that's the story? Like he ends up getting sucked into the black hole and coming mm-hmm. back? Uh, I guess that could... I'm, so I was going to go a different way, which is there's a lot of times in... In Star Trek, where like or glass... some creature that's yeah. pretending to be yes, very glass menagerie esque, mm-hmm. yeah. where it's like go to a planet where where your dreams come true, like that kind of a story, which is a very classic Star Trek story. Um, if it's Star that, I no, not Star Trek Five, not Star Trek Five. Yep. No, no, it's not. That, that happened in Star Trek Five. Yes, but that's that creature not... pretended I... to be a lot of things ah! and showed them various parts of their life. Ah! <laughs> I don't want to see that movie. Uh, I don't want Star Trek V. Um, Ryan, you'll be happy to hear that uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the most highly paid actor of the past year. Well, um, all his movies make tons of money. Oh, he hell yeah. Be. Absolutely. Um, it's it's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, and I mean, yeah, he, all of his movies are fantastic. Uh, it's interesting, I just bought tickets. Oh, gosh, I don't want to admit this. I just bought tickets to the Alamo to go see Southland Tales. Um, because I got into a conversation. I've never seen it. You shouldn't. It's a complete dog shit. One of the worst films I've ever seen. Uh, but Richard Kelly's going to be there, the the writer and director yeah. of the Southland Tales. Why wouldn't they just program Donnie Darko instead? They did. They programmed Donnie Darko too. Yeah. Um, but the audience for Donnie Darko is an audience I don't. I like Donnie Darko, <laughs> but I don't want to be in that theater. I think um, Donnie Darko is super overrated. I I think it's overrated, but I still think it's a fun. It's a good movie. Like yeah. I enjoy that movie. Um, but that's why I don't want to. It, it'd it's because like, I don't like Hot Topic. <laughs> it's it's the same reason why, like, 
I enjoy watching Boondock Saints. It's not the it's not the best action movie of all time, but I'm like, okay, this is decent and fun. Um, but if they showed it there, there's no way I would go see it because like every 18 year old with a movie poster of of the Boondock Saints is going to be there, being like, <laughs> I'm wearing black gloves because oh, I'm gonna I'm I'm quoting the Bible. Look how better. Come on, like this is this is annoying. Um, but yeah, so I uh, I had forgotten though that. Southland Tales, A, has The Rock in it, and B, was early enough in his... Uh, I went back and watched some reviews of the movie, and there were, and people in the, movie, in the reviews were like, I think, that, I think The Rock could be really good. Like, <laughs> he seems charismatic enough. I think he could actually, like, with, some, with a good director and a good, fun movie, like, he could really do something great. And I was like, oh, you guys are adorable. And here you are, 16 years later. Right, absolutely. Um, so that's cool. Uh, and then the very last thing... Skip that, skip that. Okay. Um, is that uh, Fox is apparently developing a, a Marvel TV show. We don't know a whole lot about it, except it sounds like it might be like a superhero family, something like that. Um, makes me wonder. I'd like to know what the agreements are, but it makes me wonder if this is like the, the Marvel scratching their back um, as far as, hey, you guys give us the X-Men and we'll make an X-Men show for you that'll be successful. Mm-hmm. And then we'll also lend you our name and our talent to go make a show for your for FA, or for Fox that is a superhero Marvel-y show. And that way we can sort of have this, you know, nice terms where we work back and forth on some stuff. Um, but uh, anyway, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what it is and what comes from it. But uh, hopefully it just means that those companies are working close enough together that eventually Marvel can just steal all their characters back. <laughs> um, Here's a lesson. Don't go bankrupt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Unless so. it's the best financial decision you can make. Oh, yeah. yeah. Always protect yourself. <laughs> protect but, yourself. Um, yeah, because if they hadn't done what they did, they wouldn't be here. Exactly. Now. So, um, you know, you, you do the best you can. But polybags are the devil. So, uh, yeah, I mean, unless I missed anything that you guys can think of, I think that's news. These are the Blu-rays coming out this week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Oh, it's the big one. <laughs> uh, Batman and Superman, the Ultimate Edition, uh, which sometime in the next month you'll, you'll get a, some kind of a commentary from us, I think. You will. Um, so that's pretty exciting. It's amazing to hear the buzz about this one. Like Every review I'm seeing pretty much says, like, this movie is completely different. Because it's not just that they added back in, like, what, 20 minutes? Like, it's not even that much. Um, it's that the film is actually in the correct order. So there's scenes that we already saw in the theatrical version that are in, like, a completely different part really? of the movie. Yeah. I try not to read too much of it because I want to go into it cold Yeah, to see what it is. Well, it's because they, they released it VOD uh, a month mm-hmm. ago or three weeks ago, something like that. Yep. Um, I went over to uh, my friend Mike's house to work on our drone. Yeah. And... Uh, his wife and kid were watching the digital version. Oh yeah, and it was in a scene that was brand new. I was like, ah, ah I can't. I, can't. Wait, <laughs> I don't wait. want to see it unless it's high this. definition. There's a badass thing this. on uh, the internet where a dude cut in the end of Man of Steel with the beginning of Batman Superman. Yes, and it's yeah. pretty awesome. It was. It, it is pretty cool. It, it's interesting to me, you know, because before Man of Steel or before uh, Batman vs Superman. Um, came out there was buzz about like the first time that they showed it to wb like you know everybody was like there was a standing ovation and everything and then of course we got the movie we got and so there's a lot of you know conversation now that maybe what they were showing people was Zack snyder's cut 
And and so there's a lot of people like openly apologizing to Zack Snyder because he took so much shit about this movie, mm-hmm. and then it seems like he actually made a, he made a good movie. Now that movie was not releasable to film to to theaters really because it's three hours long. I, I would argue yes, you should, mm-hmm. uh, but for WB's purposes, they're like we can't do this. But apparently, whatever the like the production staff and and whether or not Zack Snyder was involved or not or, or you know it was it was his brainchild to make those specific changes i mean it certainly seems like that process is what broke the movie in half um i mean for me at the end of the day i still don't really care about superman but even some of the people who feel that way as well are coming out going like oh they even kind of made me like superman a little bit like hey Brad does the best buy exclusive have the 3d version of it on it too do you know the steelbook one yeah uh, I think it does. Because they're starting to do that with... Because the Steelbook's pretty sweet, but I was going to go to Target because it comes in the Digibook. Right. But it, cause it, because it comes with a 3D version, too. Hmm. I think it does. It's I think it's really just like an Ultimate Edition, then a regular Blu-ray, and then a DVD. Yeah. Like, those are your options. Okay. Yeah. And there's a there's a 4K version, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, moving on. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Demolition is out this week, uh, which was one that I wanted to see, even though the, the reviews weren't great, but I was interested just in the, uh, from the trailers. Uh, the fifth and final season of Person of Interest is out this week on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. if you're a fan of that. Uh, season four of Orphan Black, which I can't believe that show's already on four, th- four seasons. I feel like it just started. Uh, Miles Ahead, which is the uh, Don Cheadle movie about... Oh, I want to uh, see that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kept seeing trailers and going like, oh, man, that, that seems cool. Colorado uh, Zone, Don Cheadle. Yep. Uh, even though he'd like us to forget it. Um, anyway, uh, so now is your chance to check that out. Out of Time, which is the documentary about saving the DeLorean, um, when they rebuilt the, the DeLorean prop from Back to the Future, uh, which I've heard good things about, but I haven't had a chance to see it. Did you, did you ever see it? I can't remember. I think I watched some documentary, um, about, I don't know if it was Back to the Future or DeLoreans on Netflix. I forget. Oh, okay. It's on one of our episodes. Okay. Um, anyway, so the, the Blu-ray is officially out now, so you can check that out. Uh, and then we've got uh, Elvis and Nixon, which is a Kevin Spacey and Michael Shannon movie about Elvis and Nixon. Uh, I haven't seen the trailer, so I don't know anything uh-huh. about it. But anyway, now's your chance. Uh, the complete third season of The 100. Uh, there's a movie called Killzone 2, which is not about the video game Killzone. It's a Tony Jaw movie. So if you want to go see Tony Jaw kick some people in the neck, which sounds yes. fun, then you should check that out. Uh, there's some show called The Magicians on Sci-Fi. I didn't know this existed. <laughs> uh, Do you find that happens? Like, I really don't watch TV. Oh, it happens all the time. I mean, I watch sporting events yeah. and like American Pickers, and that's it. So this is a show about an attractive young woman who can float with books. She can float both books and she can float herself. Um, right. that's, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm deriving from the cover I know nothing about it. The I bet book she, floater. I bet she's one of the magicians. Um, just just going to throw that out there. So, uh, okay. Now, getting into the fun stuff. Crimes of Passion from Arrow. This is a pretty cool cover. It's like a three-color... Um, this movie is probably from the 70s, but it's like a trippy... Arrow's releasing this Blu-ray. I pre-ordered it because I've never heard of it. It looks like it's a piece of garbage but it's called Microwave Massacre. What? And it's like a dude who sticks his head in the microwave and it's melting off. And so, I, don't, I forget when it comes out. I pre-ordered it because I'm like, that cover looks awesome. Wow. I'm judging that movie by its cover. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> microwave shoot. Massacre. 
There's not a uh, there's not a synopsis here, so I can't tell you what Crimes of Passion it is about. But it's is it of... written in neon? Tell me, it's written in yeah. neon. Yeah. Oh no, it's is totally... it really? Oh hell yeah! No, it's like a it's like a whole. Ah, I gotta figure out how to look at the cover. Wait. Oh sweet! Yeah, like that's why I clicked on it. Crime in it, and there's probably some passion in it. Yeah, there's like a pretty lady with with like I very bet it's erotic, very uh, sharply cut bangs, and she's staring at some dude who looks like sort of an American Indian version of Sam Neill with a very terrible wig. My favorite thing um, to do is to tell our listeners, if you've ever seen Crimes of Passion, send us in your review. Oh, it's it, 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 I, I can't read all of the font on it mm-hmm. because it's like in, in, uh, in cursive, but it's, it's Kathleen Turner and Anthony Perkins. Nice. Uh, and Carrie, wait, oh, wow. It's Ken Russell, but I was far away and I thought it said Carrie Russell directed it. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, infant Carrie Russell did not direct this movie. Uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, the Return of the Living Dead, which is... That's a Screen Factory yeah, one, right? Yeah, the yeah, cover's yeah. awesome. Uh, we talk about these so often that I can't remember which ones... I love that commission cover. Yeah, I love it's when really it, It's cool. like toxic green, and it has uh, Tar Man on it. I it's love got two it. covers because it's reversible. It does. Yeah. So well, this you, is the slip, co- the slip cover. So like reversible. all collector's editions on Screen Factory, you get, uh, they commission a newly uh, designed cover by an artist, and then you can flip the inside cover over it. It's the theatrical poster. You know what they should do? Is they should put... Uh, they should put the the box art together or the you know the slip cover together with a magnet so that the box the slip cover is is reversible oh, that too. That would be cool. That would be awesome. Oh man. Anyway, uh, so yeah, if you if you don't already own Return of the Living Dead or you just really like Return of the Living you Dead, should you should buy the Screen Factory, version. Screen Factory because version. Because here's the thing: is uh, James, you got me that I think I said this before that documentary. Yeah, it's included in that. So that documentary is included. Oh, wow, man. And they have a new documentary that's included. It has a new commentary, and then they ported over all the special features. That's cool. The only thing they couldn't get is like the rights to a song in it, which that is a a fun, silly, weird movie that is definitely worth watching. Yeah, I love that movie. Um, it's one of my favorite zombie movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Bad Moon is also coming out from Scream Factory. Yeah. Half man, half wolf, total terror. It's one of my favorite films from 1996. Now I haven't seen it in a long time, and it might not be as good as I remember it, but. I remember that it's super violent, and the werewolf in it's really badass because it's all animatronic. What, what what number was it? It was like Probably seven or eight, ten right? or something. I don't know. I feel like it had it, it had some been. legs on it. But that, it, the look. thing that's cool, it's really short. I think it's like an hour and twenty minutes long. What's cool with the Scream Factory is I've always heard rumors that there's this huge, there's this director's cut that has like way more gore and more story, and they've included that in it. So um, <coughs> the covers, oh, the, the yeah, covers, the art's cool. cool. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's based on a book called Thor. What? The dog's name in it is Thor. There's a werewolf oh. fighting a dog scene in it. Okay. I was going to say. And then Thor shows up <laughs> and hits the werewolf with Mjolnir. And he's really charming. Yeah. <laughs> and, then he's, and then he's like, hold this. And he puts the, he puts the hammer on the wolf and the wolf can't move. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. See, that's a, that's a, that's a Marvel's yeah. Thor joke. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we went and saw Ghostbusters. Brad, people go see Ghostbusters? Uh yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. James? Yeah, I don't like Melissa McCarthy, but she's this is the best I've ever seen her and I really enjoyed this movie and so did my audience. My audience applauded at the end. Yeah, mine um, too. Yeah, like I was I was howling and the first scene of this movie is oh, awesome. It's great. Absolutely everything I could have wanted. Um the action scenes at the end fall apart and the actual plot is a little messy, but it doesn't matter cuz I laughed through the whole movie. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun in the movie. Um, it's always uh, re- 
I'm glad it's as good as it is because now everybody can shut up about it. Yeah. Because the, well, the people but, are not liking it. I mean, the first trailer was bad, but the the movie is is pretty good, and it's it's a lot of fun. I I had fun watching it. And you're right, the opening scene uh, with the dude from The Office. Yeah. I he had so many little like one liners in it that you had to pick up super quick. And it's genuinely scary. Yeah. Like for for a, no, for I a Ghostbusters movie. I agree. Right? Like it's on par with the scariness of, of, of moments in the first Ghostbusters. Yep. Here's uh, the international trailer for Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> it will haunt you every night. Whatever it is, no one should have to encounter that kind of evil. Except you girls, I think you can handle it. Oh, oh good. Thanks. We have a gift. We see what no one else is willing to see. We do things others can't do. Ghostbusters. If there's a paranormal problem, we're the ones to answer the call. Hello. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. What do we think of these Ghostbusters? Are they to be taken seriously? You take that aisle, I'll take the far one. Okay, you sweaty freaks. I'm about to save you from this ghost. Okay, so I don't know if it was a race thing or a lady thing, but I'm mad as hell. There's a bigger picture at hand here. Someone is creating a device that amplifies paranormal activity. We're going to need a bigger boat. Hey, guys, check it out. Kevin, come inside. I was born to be a Ghostbuster, all right? Oh, man, that's so not good. Something big is going to happen. The word we're looking for is apocalypse. You want a piece of this? Yeah! The government's trying to claim the event isn't supernatural. We don't want a panic. We don't want mass hysteria. Get out of the city! Get out of the city! I will kick the unliving crap out of you! And you! Especially you! Patty! Don't move! You got a, uh... No, I'm tired. No, no, listen. I'm just gonna go ahead and take off. How about that? I, I don't really think that's a good idea. No, going to take off. Don't piss off the ghost. Really? The first line when I realized I was totally on board with this version of Ghostbusters was he's, he's walking through and he says, yes, this mansion was built in 1890 with a brick and a, oh. it's an Irish defense system. I was like, wait, did, wait he, what? Yeah. What? He, he, he totally just said that. That was awesome. Great, because it's got to like fend off all of the Irish and the Jews. or so. Like there's something really offensive. Remember, gang of, Gangs of New York, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Irish were always causing Which trouble. actually t- ties into the end of the movie. But um, It does. Yeah. I mean, an unfortunate, well, whatever. But see, and then he, what's his other stuff he says? Oh man, it's so oh, funny. He, yeah, he really he knocks it out of the park. Um, Damn it. And even like when he when he delivers the line, so the the candle falls over, which he did intentionally, mm-hmm. and he delivers this line to the group that's like, oh oh, like he delivers it, and I believed that that a ghost knocked it yeah. over, and then of course he comes back and he's like, oh no, I, I made that up. Um, but that sequence is is really awesome. And then I, you know, I, I really, was totally on board. I and I the more the movie went along, I got on board too when. Uh, so 
you know, that one guy goes to see Kristen Wiig's character, Dr. Gilbert, and he says, you know, you wrote <gasps> this book. And she said, no, no, I didn't. Uh, and he's like, but it looks just like you. Yeah, that's a picture of me, but it's not me. And then she goes to the, the mansion and she says, no, I talked to the guy. He's like, he's been dead for 15 years. Yeah. So why don't I talk to him? No, him. I talked to him. Oh, that's, that's Junior. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's totally It's stupid. Ed Begley Jr., yeah. by the way, is the actor. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, yeah. it's uh, great. Listening. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it really starts off very, very strong. And, yeah. like, they, they do a great job of setting up Kristen Wiig's character and making mm. me care about her. Uh, when they introduce Melissa McCarthy, what's interesting here is that in a lot of the other movies with her, she's, like, the wacky character. And here she's actually really grounded. Mm-hmm. Like, she is, she's the Dan Aykroyd of this group, sort of. Like, they, they do a good job of making these characters feel very different. They don't feel like they're a one-to-one. Like, yeah, oh, it's just, you know, like, they're not telling you the Ghostbusters story again. There's a lot of homage and that kind of stuff, but... Um, but with her, like she ends up being sort of the backbone and that's fantastic. Like she's really good at that part. And I found her really funny. Um, there's still a couple of scenes that I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. but I love Chris Hemsworth in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was amazing. I feel bad saying like the, f- I thought the funniest part of this movie was a man. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, well like, like I, I felt he stole the show character. for me. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, every, I mean, every scene he's in is, is uh, like all and, his lines are the funniest lines. And it's just movie. cause it's, it's like things that. It's so stupid. Yeah. When they're doing the interview with him and he puts his hands through his glasses. Yeah. And they're, and they're like, where, where's lenses? Oh, they kept getting dirty. <laughs> That's it. That's or they're like, don't listen, and he covers his eyes. Yeah, don't listen. <laughs> wow, that was so loud. Hey. Which one of these makes me look the most like a doctor? Me playing the saxophone or me listening to the saxophone? <laughs> yeah. And he's just holding the saxophone up to his ear? Yeah. Oh, God. And he's talking about the logos for it, and it's there's a house with a hot dog above it. He's like, yeah, you know, it's it's like a ghost is holding the hot dog. <laughs> I feel like the designs are very cerebral, so let's just table this for now. Oh yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of little nods along that line. Those lines, there's a lot of little nods to all of the weird sexism around this movie because the oh, first yeah. logo he comes up with is basically the a bad version of the Ghostbusters logo with giant boobs. <laughs> and he says, I "Dude, I can make them bigger." <laughs> right? Yeah. I feel like that's not really the message we want to. Is it the boobs? I can make them bigger. And I even love. I, probably my favorite gag in the whole movie is uh, at the end of the movie, they come up to him and they're like, oh, Kevin, you're okay. And he's eating a sandwich. Yeah. And like, wait a minute. You went into a deli while we were saving the world. And Melissa McCarthy takes it and throws it. And yeah. then the next scene cuts back to him. And he catches like, appreciate he that. He just points. And he's like, hey, can you help me out? And yeah. they just like, because, you know, people just throw things back yeah. to beautiful people. Just throws it back to him. Oh, it's, so good. It's so funny. Good. Yeah, yeah. Kevin was great in it. Yeah, uh, and the rest of the movie it worked pretty well. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I thought the ghosts looked really great in it. Yes, um, they do because I think I I I'm excited for the Blu-ray because I think I, I probably spent too much time on this, but I think the regular ghosts are probably a mix of practical and CG. I don't think they're all CG. Yeah, I don't like, know. like especially her. Like I think that is a a woman in costume, and then they are CGing mm-hmm. her up. Obviously, like the the super tall man and some of the fight scenes at the end, that's all CG. Um, but it was cool. But they and, looked like, really good. You could see good. like their bones and stuff glowing through them. I yeah. thought it was really creative. Oh, like when he kills himself. Uh, starting to get into mm-hmm. real spoilers here, but when the bad guy like kills himself on that machine and like he becomes transparent for a little while, like that was really cool. Yeah, I thought. Um, I mean, I was impressed. I thought the movie worked really well. Yeah. Uh, my biggest issue is what I have with all. Uh, 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 what's the director's name? Paul, Paul Feig. Paul Feig. All his movies is sometimes I think they go too long, and I think editing wise they're a little goofy. Yeah. Because he and it's uh, he's a 
he's a fun filmmaker. I'm not taking anything away from him. Oh, yeah. But he does a lot of improv. So sometimes it seems like scenes seem disjointed to me. Um, in this one, you know, they got – it feels like there's a scene missing where Kristen Wiig goes away. Yeah. And then she shows up. It's like, oh, you're back. I felt that way when I first saw oh. it. And then when Zach watched it with me last night, he was like, did I miss a scene? Yeah. Between there? And I was like, yeah, huh. she did, when they got arrested mm-hmm. the second time. She just time, went away. And then she, she went to back. her apartment, I yeah. assume. Yeah. While oh. everyone else went back to the to the Chinese restaurant. And then, yes. and, and then she and, goes to the mayor. And Paul Feig always has moments like that in his films. Yeah. You know, I didn't um, realize that until now. But yeah. I think Andy Garcia has a great line, too, when she's in <sighs> the diner. She's like, you're acting like the mayor from Jaws. He's like, hey! I am not, not the, the mayor, mayor from, from Jaws. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody just thinks he's the worst mayor ever. And it's yeah. so, movie nerds think that's like oh, yeah. one of the... Yeah, that's that, just amazing. That, that guy is in 1941, by the way, and it's it's actually kind of good. He he plays a good character. <laughs> um, the uh, so I have a similar. I didn't have that much of a problem with the comedy section of the movie, uh, but my biggest criticism for this movie is that for me the end actually lands pretty flat because mm-hmm. Paul Feig doesn't know how to direct action. He doesn't. That action scene at the end is abysmal, and all he needs what he needs to do, and because he's he's done other like actiony movies. Um, what he needs to do is, honestly, when he's got an action scene, he needs to go find a good action director or somebody who understands it well and have them, like, help him, or, you know, or hire lay a out the second movie. second unit director to do it. Absolutely. Because, because that scene is, is really actually crucial to the fun of this movie and I think a cool setup of, like, having these old New yeah. York characters come and fight them. But the... It's 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 shot like comedy where it's like oh this would be a funny little bit if like you fought a, a ghost yeah, like I this agree. and so it's so disjointed and frustrating mm. and then defeating the big um, not the real monster but defeating the tall thin guy is just like out of left field when I thought visually he was so cool that a good fight scene with that guy or, or coming up with something there would be mm. interesting. But it was more. It just feels like payoffs to. Hey, remember when we set up these these weapons yeah. before? I'm gonna give you uh, like one quick funny sequence with each, with each of those. I and agree. It, it's really like that's where the movie starts to fall apart and get messy. I actually um, enjoyed that fight sequence. Really? Up until the Rowan part. Like the when Rowan, Kate McKinnon oh, Rowan's the, busts the, out her guns and like takes down. Like I thought that was badass. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I, when they're on the ground, just fighting with their individual weapons was great. Because I, I feel like when they're asked to deliver... I think they're all really funny in this movie, but when they're asked to deliver, like, kind of action movie one-liners in that scene, like, that takes an actual skill that The Rock has. Well, yeah, the one-liners but, weren't fantastic. Yeah, like that, but yeah. I yeah. think uh, Kristen Wiig even says, like, say hello to my little friend. Like, are you kidding me? Yes! Oh, my gosh! Like, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, then... I'm sure the Blu-ray is going to have, like, 300 different cuts of that. Oh, yeah. So. Well, I don't know if that'll be. I think the the comedy scenes, yes, absolutely. Um, but that thing just, to me, felt like, hey, I've got yeah. these, you know. But the thing is, I think it still looks, like, spectacular. The a- The absolutely. scene when uh, Kate McKinnon is using, like, the whips and stuff. Yes. I think it's visually spectacular. Yes. Um, yeah. It's it just, uh, the colors in it just work so well for me. And um, Yeah. Where you, you know, where the CGI, there's CGI in it, but it. Because they're ghosts, I think maybe helps. Yeah, this it may not looks you don't notice it as much, and you expect the ghost to have that kind of right. floatiness to it. Well, because they're 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 sort of emulating that old cartoon drawn in style yeah. uh, that obviously the first movie had. Um, and it just cartoons, looks good. What do you think of the uh, the actual two D animated? <laughs> I loved it. It was so odd when he turns in <laughs> when he turns into the Ghostbusters logo. 
I actually really adored that. It's like but, a Disney cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was well because she even says she's like, oh, as long as you just stay cute. Uh, and well, when she said like something cute. cute and friendly, I was like, oh, they're probably gonna bring out like Casper as a cartoon, but. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, then you got to go get the rights to Casper. Yeah. Whereas this sort of this this gives you that same emotion of like, oh, it's this cute little ghost. Um, but then, especially because they're you know he's drawing that logo earlier in the movie. So <laughs> I was the only one in the theater who laughed it. when Bill Murray was murdered. I thought it was funny. <laughs> oh, I laughed when he was oh, murdered. Absolutely. It was the only time I laughed during Bill Murray's oh, yeah, part of the too. movie. Um, All the cameos were really fun too. Like, yeah. did yeah. you see the Ramus bust and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Ramus bust was good. Yeah, yeah. And I was like really worried up until the end. It's like, are they really going to exclude Winston like from another Ghostbusters thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, they good. They yeah. had yeah. a fun little thing at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. And and Patty, Even the credits were cool. I haven't seen cool credits in yes. a long time. Yeah, you know, because the, they kept on moving and shifting and. Yeah. yeah, and you're watching like this fun Chris Hemsworth dance sequence. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I'm terrified was other... in a cut of the film at one point. Like, yeah. as I was watching it, I was like, "This wasn't in the movie, was it?" It probably like, was. I think it was. Um, um, but th- also his like other pictures. Oh my god, oh, so good, so good. <laughs> what makes him look more like a doctor playing the saxophone or listening to it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's just holding it up to his ear. It's so stupid. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, Are you yeah. answer the phone? I can't. It's in the aquarium. Yeah. <laughs> no, the one on your desk. <laughs> Why is there a phone in the aquarium? Mm. Uh, anyway, um, I was done. It, nope, I was done with that conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right. there's like even like uh, funny bits with him where he tastes the coffee and he spits it out. He's like, "Yeah, it's coffee. I just hate the taste." And Chris is yes. like, "No, you, you oh, yeah, this oh, waste. Yeah, yeah. No reason to waste good coffee because <laughs> she's uh, in love with him." Oh, and she, yeah, she did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, I always like Kristen Wiig, but... Me too. Yeah, um, yeah all those actresses are great, so... Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's what's funny, is, like, so much of the stuff that was shitty about the trailers is either not bad in the movie or isn't in the movie. So, like, there's yeah. there's certain jokes that are in the trailer that I really didn't like that aren't in the movie. And then Patty, who, in the trailers, I found pretty off-putting, mm-hmm. in the movie is actually a really fun character that I really enjoy. Because the, for some reason, the trailers took her way out of context. Absolutely. Well, they just took all the loud, obnoxious parts yeah. of her. Like, ah, she's a where, big, loud, obno- you know. And where in the movie, you find out, oh, they need her because she knows New York better than anybody else. Yeah, she actually has these fun things where she's like, oh, this building's from here. And, blah, yeah. blah, you know, and you're like, oh, cool. Like, you actually bring something to the team. You're not just like, oh, well, we needed a black person. Yeah. Like, and oh, and that black person has to be loud and obnoxious. <laughs> like no, like this is actually a good character that uh, they wrote. You guys have Visita. She's in Booth One. Yeah. She's wearing the glasses. <laughs> I love Chris Hemsworth in this movie. I love. Uh, him. Tell, tell him we're not here. Uh, they're not here. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I hope this guy so could good. ride a motorcycle. <laughs> he does a wheelie. He can. <laughs> so stupid. Oh I man, I should have worked out in my life. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love when the I love when the villain is going to like the. The heavy metal show, and and he's like so mustache twirly and just chewing scenery there. Where he's like, yes, yes, it does right. He's like yeah. he's like Burns from the Office, like Mr. <laughs> Burns from the yeah. Office. Like that's the kind of evil character he's playing. And like sometimes it doesn't work. Like sometimes it's a little like oh, okay, mm-hmm. but you didn't need a great villain. And and to be completely honest, and you know to offend all the people who are butthurt about this movie, it's about as like good of a plot as the first Ghostbusters movie. Like, like you're yeah. Because all you need is you're playing off the chemistry of these four characters and them fighting ghosts. Yeah, and this ties into like Kristen Wiig's character's whole thing about like 
you know, her being, you know, nervous about being made fun of for the stuff she believes and all that stuff. Like, here's this guy who, mm. you know, oh, I got made fun of my whole life, right? Like, it, it tangentially relates to the, those characters, um, but it's not amazing, you know? Like, you just need an excuse for there to be ghosts coming out of everywhere mm. and for them to have some funny scenes, right? Yep. Like, because the, the real plot of the movie has to do with, like, oh, man, how great is the subway sequence where they go and they've got, like, this rudimentary uh uh proton pack where it's like in a in a in a cart that they're pushing behind it and they don't and then they catch the ghost and they don't have anything to because they don't have a trap yet so they're like well now what um yeah it's just really they did a good job yeah and uh, you know uh, they're they're pretty ballsy because i when i'm watching the opening of the film it's like ghost core yeah like oh wow they're really gonna make a universe out of this well i think that's i i i just assumed that was like dan Aykroyd's company you think it is? Well, he's definitely he's an executive producer on the movie. Oh, maybe it is. I thought it was like, oh, this is like we're gonna make a bunch of movies under this banner, and they're all gonna be Ghostbuster right. movies. I mean, the I franchise bet, is Ghost Core. I bet yeah. that I bet that too, but I I would bet good money that that is Dan Aykroyd's company because mm. you know he's like an actual he actually believes in paranormal stuff and like all this other nonsense, um, which is why he's a big proponent of of you know like making Ghostbusters in the first place and why his scripts for Ghostbusters has always have always been like weirder and way more dark um but the yeah that's what i would assume is mm. that that is his company speaking um, of the opening um can i make a suggestion since this is like no. ghostbusters um they write the title ghostbusters up in that font i feel like you could just put the symbol on this movie because they didn't have like mm. opening credits yeah like if you just put the ghost logo Oh yeah, like from a graph design standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Like that would be because it's it felt really out of place to have those shiny letters. Well, you've when called Metamucil ectoplasm. I'm talking like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Every time that they like every time that I I I really liked Holtz, like the character of Holtz in the movie. Yeah. But every time she's like delivering crazy science dialogue, it was like. It was like Star Trek science turned to 11. Like, it was just like this weird, nonsensical dialogue. Um, it was it was it's, a little weird, but kind of charming. What's great about Kate McKinnon is when she, at the end, when she was giving her actual speech, she's oh, such yeah. a great actress. Like, it was so hard for her to talk normal for that long. Yeah. I thought it was like a brilliant little... Uh, I've seen a lot of comments where like choice. people are off-putted by how weird she is, but I thought that was yeah. like one of the most interesting aspects of the movie. That oh, she I was think like, so, too. This... Yeah character i haven't really seen before yeah i th- that's why i wanted to bring it up because i yeah i've seen that being a sort of divisive character um and i can see how somebody could be like oh man she's just too weird uh, but it, it worked for me like mm-hmm. you know it's the only measurement i have um it is going back to the graphic design thing weird that like when the end credits come up it comes up with ghostbusters after the call or answer the call yeah and i'm like what what like this was not in any like it was... i wish they would just own it and just be like okay this is ghostbusters colon answer the call like it's part of this new yeah, like, franchise that's going to have subtitled sure yeah yeah um like it's not a terror it's not a great subtitle but it's like i would be fine with it it feels a little bit like they slapped together some of the marketing, which is probably why so much of the marketing was It feels really like they were bad. toying with it. Like, should we subtitle it? Yeah. Or should it just what? be, like, the slogan yeah, for the poster? Because probably early on when they felt really confident that they were making something good, because obviously they were watching the dailies and going, hey, we're doing a good job here, and we've got a good, fun thing to do, so... We're going to make this movie, and it's going to do well, and we're going to make sequels, so we should come up with a way to Star Trek, you know, Kelvin-style 
have a series of, of subtitles so that that way we can differentiate these in the future. Like, they probably were in that place, and then somewhere along the line, maybe when the first trailer came out, they were like, ah, like, we're not really confident in this, you know? We need people to know that, like, this is the Ghostbusters going forward. Yeah, yeah. And not just, like, a sequel. Yeah, and yeah. it's 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 too bad, because, I mean, I'm still seeing a lot of hate for this movie, mm. even after it's come out, and I'm like, I... To, to me, it boils down to people worshipping Ghostbusters way too much. Like... Go yeah. back and really watch that movie. Look, it's really funny, and I love it, and I own it, and it's a, it's a good movie. Two things. One, it's not going anywhere, so you're fine, so calm down. And two, they're allowed to make something new. Like, mm -hmm. this isn't them literally remaking Ghostbusters. But since those guys could... What's really bizarre about this to me is they, these guys couldn't agree to make a movie five or six years ago whenever they started, and yet all of them are in this one. Like what the shit is that? But you know, it's Especially all separate, Bill though. Murray. Well, yes, yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, I don't want to be in NAS, but I've read many things about Bill Murray being oh, yeah, very a, difficult. He's a dick, and he's not funny in this movie. Like straight up, his performance. Dan Aykroyd, I think, is the best cameo in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, like he does a good job. Like I, I enjoyed that character. Um, in so, my Entertainment know. Weekly for the 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters. They, uh, they, even in the article, they talk about how they had a, so they all got to a hotel in New York and Sigourney Weaver and, uh, Oh, that's, she was, yeah, yeah. you know, what was, cameo was strangely absent that I didn't think about until Zach brought it up. No, was, but definitely don't let Ryan finish his thought. Sorry. I was, <laughs> sorry. I go ahead. It. I know, no, no, go ahead. Um, Rick Moranis, like they have oh. pretty much every principal character come back except yeah. for Rick Moranis. Well, he's really picky. Like, and I know he's, he's like he's retired, retired and he's, yeah. yeah, he's super picky, but. I just thought it was odd. That it would have been cool, though. Maybe I'll be in the next one because it's with Zool. I, re I yeah, really hate it. stay after, after, after the credits. Or, or don't, because that was the most disappointing part of the movie for me. Like, that's the kind of, that's the kind of homage and, like, straight-up remake stuff that I really was not looking forward to. Uh, I, don't, I hope that the next movie... I, a, I hope they make another movie, because I think they did a great job. Mm -hmm. And I hope the next one's not Zool. Like, go tell me a fun new story. Because well, Zool's not an amazing, like... It's not that great. So no. they got together at a hotel? No, it's no, it's nothing. It's just saying that they had to coax him down to like take pictures. Oh, yeah. And it took him three hours. Just him or all of them? Just him. Okay. They were all waiting for him. Gosh, man. Sigourney Weaver, Ernie Hudson, um, Dan Aykroyd were all just waiting for him to come down. <sighs> yeah, that's stupid. Because he didn't want to anymore after he got there. Just, just you know... Calm, calm yourself. Yeah. You're, you're not the coolest guy in town. I'm surprised, like, between the drive-in and the Alamo, like, all those screenings were packed. Oh, um, the, this one this morning? Uh, I got there, and me and Laura got the last two tickets. Wow. It was sold out. Yeah. I haven't seen a movie that sold out in a while, and just... Yeah. I'm surprised. I think they didn't add very many screens right away. Because, I mean, I don't know. I can look it up. I think its screen count must not be that high, because you're right, because I even... Because usually I go to the one on Bowls, and when I opened up the app um the it was sold out like the one on bowls was sold out and so i was like all right well let's go to the alamo because when i looked it up in the morning the whole front row and like half the second row were still available I'm like well in 30 minutes i'll be there and when i got there we got the last two seats wow um, yeah and also like the showings before the one i saw were sold out because i transferred to the later screening so because it was too packed huh. well just to give you perspective it's in 3900 so screens and Secret Life of Pets is in 4,400, so. Hmm. 
I mean, that's not a huge difference. I mean, it's it's a difference, but it's not. Um, that's not insane. It, and it, but it's not performing well. And maybe forty six million. It's not bad. Yeah. I expected oh, okay. like seventy, but. But is it PG thirteen? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think I don't think it's. I think it's gonna be a lot like Tarzan because remember Tarzan opened to about the same. Yeah, and people are like, oh, it's but it's got tank. legs. It, it, it only yeah, dropped forty percent this have week. Legs like yeah. so they make a all you have to do week to week. Yeah, is make sure that it stays up there. Yeah. The only problem it's gonna run into is Star Trek. Because <laughs> yes. But so here's what's interesting. It would be interesting to go back and look at other Melissa McCarthy movies. It might even be her. It may be that like her audience is one that I eh, don't necessarily go the first week, but you know maybe maybe her movies are are things yeah. that that last longer. And comedies in general, I feel like people don't necessarily rush out to. Um, I think this, if not for all the terrible word of mouth on this movie, it, this probably would have been more of a tentpole. Um, that would have caused people to run out and see it. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, I think uh, Star Trek will be rough. I think on Rotten Tomatoes it's like at eighty percent. I know audiences like it, so I think Ghostbusters will have legs. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and yeah. The only thing is, I mean, Star Trek um, is going to probably do over a hundred million. I'm sure. So yeah, think so. Yeah, opening weekend. Uh, yeah, I, just, I think people are so pissed off at the last one that I think it would do under. So? I, I, I is there that much disdain for? I that loved one? it, but yeah. I just I. I only ever hear negative things about Into Darkness. I literally so the 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 randos the the guy who talks just enough to be an asshole two seats down from me at the Alamo during Ghostbusters when that trailer played, uh, like he leaned over to his girlfriend and said something and was like, "Oh yeah, the last two have been really good." Like I, I've heard enough people enjoy that movie. That's um, good. So S- Star Trek did seventy five, and then Into Darkness did seventy. Okay, um, but yeah. those both opened in May. And I'm guessing with more competition. So the question here is: Does the is the marketing here better, and is the word of mouth enough to? Because Star Trek One, I, hmm, yeah, it, it'd have to do significantly better than the first Star Trek movie. Well, anyway, now I will say this: In Star Trek's favor is the fact that there has not been a good action adventure tentpole movie to go see. Uh, other than Tarzan, since Civil War, like this is this is probably the movie that will draw out a lot of people who haven't gone to the movies in a while, right? Um, so it's probably set up for some success. Uh, similarly, they're saying that Suicide Squad is going to to break some oh, crazy yeah, records. Everybody's you know very excited about that movie. Um, Sorry, I'm just looking to see what else is. Well, okay, so Star Trek Into Darkness opened. Uh, Iron Man three was in its third weekend, so you're competing with similar movies. Uh, yeah, yeah, at and least so, similar and, audiences. Yeah, and Iron Man three did thirty seven million that weekend. So it's, I, I think it's possible. I think I think that the the market is probably hungry enough for a good action movie. I think so too, and I think the out. trailers have sold it pretty well. I would agree because I actually I mean, like the first trailer, the uh, one the one with the with the Beastie Boys. I actually like that. And trailer. I mean, Justin Lin, the director of Fast and Furious, is the director. So, I mean, that's yeah. going to sell tickets. I don't think it will. Really? No. <laughs> I, I always uh, thought that was a I, weird choice. I like him, but yeah, the fact that they put Fast and Furious, They're one of the worst Fast and Furious movies on there, because he's directed others of them yeah. that are really good. Like, why did you pick four? I think it's maybe just the brand recognition would be my guess. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think what they're relying on is for people to see that and go, oh, he's the guy who directs all the Fast yeah. and Furious movies. They're definitely targeting which, like the 13, 14-year-old kids sure. that love Fast and Furious films. Right. Would be my guess. Because they know the Trekkies are already going. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> right? you, you, you don't have to sell us because yeah. we're going to go. Yeah. So you got to find a way to... Aw, you, 
You just considered yourself a Trekkie. Uh, a I'm dope. a movie person. That's why Aww. I go. Um, and it has yeah. Idris Elba, and I think he's like a badass villain. So They're saying he's really good. I yeah. I mean, his Shere Khan is so great, and I can't wait to see him play a bad guy. Yeah, Peter Sorretta's like early buzz on the movie was very encouraging. Yep. Um, in a like, in a like, hey, Star Trek fans, you know how you wanted a great Star Trek movie? I haven't movie? read a bad review about it. Yeah. Um, and Rotten Tomatoes, there's like 30, and it's at 89%. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited that it doesn't have so a. So next week we'll be seeing Lights Out. No. <laughs> Are we really? No, we're seeing Star Trek. Oh, okay. Even though that movie's like at 100% a horror film. Are you kidding me? We'll see. Yeah. I think the premise looks stupid, but I heard it's pretty scary. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see that movie. So I'll see that and Star the, Trek. The, the trailer kind of scares me. Because <laughs> so Star you Trek should, You should see amazing. it and then describe it to me, and that'll scare me just enough. That's yeah. what I need. So, because, uh, I, I don't know, I love Chris Pine's voice, because <laughs> I think it's like super sexy. Yeah. And so when he's like... <laughs> My father joined Star Trek, uh, Starfleet because he believed in something. I joined it on a dare. I'm like, oh, yeah, you did. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, I watched, uh, well, we didn't talk about this, but I, I rewatched 10 Cloverfield Lane. Well, no, I didn't. I only watched, I watched it with the commentary. Great commentary. Which is so good. And the section where they're talking about the guy, so the guy who edited it, it's the first movie he's ever edited. Mm-hmm. Um, but. JJ really likes him because he did like all the Star Trek trailers, including that very first one. Remember the first Star Trek trailer where he, he rides up on the motorcycle and you just hear the little the chimes mm-hmm. in the background, like that. Oh man, yep, such no, a great it's one trailer. One of my most favorite commentaries. Yeah, I, they they are so fun because JJ Abrams and Dan Trachtenberg is really great. He is so uh, now. I mean, of course, I expected this, but he's so like. Um, like selfless, I think is what yeah. I'm looking for. Like I think he, he's really thoughtful too. Yeah, he spends a lot of the time talking about how great everyone around him is, and then really deconstructing. And he, he does. Yeah, I, I really like his sort of response to the people who are like, "Oh, I, I thought the, I, I didn't really want the the third act to go where it went, right? Like that movie, you know, really takes a a, a, a turn at the end." And he's like, "Yeah, there are plenty of movies that just go as far as as what you're talking about. Go watch those movies." Like, it was this really, like, yeah. ballsy statement of, like, yeah, like, that movie's been made. I wanted to make something different and weird. And I was like, good. Great. Yeah. No one will Still forget Still one of my man. favorite films of the year. Yeah. I, I'm um, so excited for him to have made such an amazing movie. Me too. Uh, yeah. So, such a uh, next week we'll be talking about Star Trek. I think we're recording a day later because Brad wants to be on the show. Yeah, if you do it on cool. Monday instead. Yeah, I can do that. That's fine. Yeah, so. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll I'll be make it a work. day later. Yeah. We can be do it earlier. Yeah. yeah, I don't work, so. Ever? Uh, Monday. Ryan, what happened? You have a day off on Monday. Uh, I don't. I, I I don't really have a job. So I mean, I have a job, but like I don't. So like, I, I, so if we did it like two or something, you'd be cool. I could probably make it work. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get closer because everything's sort of winging it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. And until next week, where we'll boldly go. Your man is gone. Beyond. Bye. Bye. Real Nerds and Nebulous Visions Multimedia Production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds Podcast.